Do you want to be a great leader for your business and create a high-performing team, therefore a high-performing business? If you're here, I'm assuming the answer is yes. So welcome, my fellow Summit Chasers, to a new episode of the Summit Chasers podcast, where we welcome Rob Cameronpour onto the show. He is a leadership expert, and we talk through the five levels of leadership and help you identify what level of a leader you are and how you can get to the next level. We talk how to get the most out of your A players and the difference between just managing for performance and managing people and so much more. So stick around and enjoy the show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening, leave us a review. So sit back and get your notebooks out. Grab maybe a uh, no pulp orange juice and a banana with peanut butter and enjoy the show. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm very excited for for this uh, for Rob to be on the show. We had a, we had a very good conversation initially um, a couple of weeks ago now. And uh, I'm very excited for his input and his ideas and, and his expertise, especially when it comes to, to leadership. Um, a lot of his stuff is really, really great. But I'm going to let Rob kind of take it from here, tell everybody kind of who you are, what you do. I know you have a couple of companies um, on the go, busy guy, but go ahead. Awesome. Thanks so much, Zach. So uh, I appreciate you having me on on your podcast. It's, uh, you know, I'm humbled to be here and, you know, try to help people out when in terms of, you know, spreading my knowledge and expertise in, in what I know in this, uh, in my time period. So uh, Rob Cameron poor and uh, as Zach said, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with two companies right now, running two companies. I started my RK leadership back in almost a year now where I was just uh, pumping out content to try to, you know, share my knowledge and expertise in, in from a leadership perspective with, uh, with folks and wasn't really looking to monetize it as I had a full-time job uh, with an organization, with a consulting company. And um, I got reached out. People was, were asking me to you know, conduct some coaching. So I started uh, conducting some coaching back in April of last year. And my first uh, client was actually um, my landlord. So I was, uh, you know, I... I I practiced with her, although I was doing, uh, you know, I was doing coaching with my employees uh, in my leadership settings in the in the the bigger organizations. But it wasn't outside of I wasn't doing anything outside of work, so this was pretty new to me. Uh, so I've continued with that. I really launched RK Leadership and my services back in August, and I've had uh, I'm up to I think my eleventh client. Um, since then, so I'm I'm really excited about that. And honestly, it's so fulfilling when you get to help someone out and when you get to change people's lives. And the the feedback that I've gotten was is just humbling to me. And I, you know, I wish I would be I was doing this earlier, but you know, everything's I guess meant for for a certain time period. Uh, and the other venture I started is um, so I've been I worked in the utility world for about 13 years. Uh, at a big utility company here in Ontario, Canada. And uh, so I, I took all my knowledge and I, I really, I loved what I was doing. I, I loved the industry um, and I worked with some great people, but there was a lot of red tape and, you know, bureaucracy and all that fun stuff uh, that you get with, uh, with working with these big organizations and you couldn't really push certain things forward. So I always love my own comp like having my own companies. I, I love entrepreneurship and leadership. Those are my two passions. So I said, what can I do with this? Uh, so I, I got talking to a, a friend of mine who already has an existing engineering company. 
uh, and he wanted to get into the utility side. So he says, look, come, let's put this together and you run it. Uh, so we decided to kind of uh, piece those two together. And we have another mutual friend of ours. The three of us actually graduated from the same university 20 years ago. So it's uh, it's kind of a nice story. And uh, he's uh, he's actually an, an indigenous individual. So uh, our company is an indigenous uh, engineering company and one of the very, very few here on, in Ontario in terms of utility engineering. So uh, we just launched that not even two weeks ago and I just got my first PO yesterday. So it's uh, exciting times ahead. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. So, and one thing when our, in our previous conversation, and, and this was something um, that got me really excited to, to well, first of all, just connect with you, <laughs> but and Thank let alone you. have you on the show, is when when you started that company, one of your motivations was just to run and start and build a great company that people love to work at. Like the focus is to create a great a great company. Yes. Right. So how was how was that kind of because again you you've been in corporate more of a corporate setting before you obviously are you're very well versed in, in leadership and consulting and coaching so what what do you feel is the difference between starting a company or building a company with that intention of just building a great company and starting a company because you have a product and you want to make money yeah i i think again my my philosophy and mentality is different than some people would say uh, some people like to chase money i like to chase um I like to chase things that that are meaningful and valuable for me. So again, being in those big organizations, when you have that many people, you become a number. Um, so for me, having to run my own teams, engagement was super important. I learned so much about leadership and people. And the main thing about leadership is you're leading people, not the work. And you have to have that deep connection with people to to understand them, to understand where they're coming from, because you're that person. So this gives me an opportunity now to start with that, to build my own team and to bring the right people. And it starts with culture and we built that culture at the top, right? So um, one thing I look for now is I just don't want to fill a seat out. I want to bring people that, um, that have their values that align with the with the organization's values which are you know in line with the the three of us our values so we put these values together this is what we believe in this is part of our core as well and you try to build that team around those values and for me once you create an engaged engaging team and your bottom line will take care of itself. That's that's my personal belief. If you've got a, obviously a product or a service that people need, and it's you know you're you're taking care of your clients. Um, again, my philosophy is different. Where other people say you know your clients come first, I say my employees come first. And when you take care of your employees, they will take care of your business. Yeah, well, I love one of the points that you just made is that if you take care of the people and the organization the profits that they're going to come. Because I think in right. some of them, especially speaking to a lot of founders and startups and that they, they're very passionate about a, a product or, or a service that they have. Right. And then if they're, but if they're not, obviously when you're starting out, that needs to be the focus because you're, you're trying to get investors and you're trying to sell yourself to VCs and that kind of thing. But 
when you start to build the actual company, you have to be so flexible. You have to be malleable. And if you're married right. to just making money, now all of a sudden, like you run the risk of really commoditizing yourself, and and that you, and you're just not flexible at that point because you're you're focusing on the product and the money and not building a great organization that can withstand anything and kind of pivot in any kind of market, so to speak. That's right. So I think that, that's that's an amazing point, Rob. Um, so I have a, I have a, a question for you. Are you are, are you familiar with the, Are you a John Maxwell fan? Because he's the big leadership. Yeah, he's, he's a big leadership guy. Uh, I, I know of him for sure, and I've uh, watched and heard a lot of this stuff. Mm. There's a few books that I still want to read, so uh, I'm I am well aware of him. Beautiful. So that's you don't you don't have to be an expert in him uh, to answer this <laughs> question, but he has. Okay. There's a very interesting. Um, he, he really breaks it down really nicely here. And there's a lot of models as far as like, you know, levels of leadership and like Jim, Jim Collins has, has his, like, he, yes. you know, you should strive in your organization, have the level five leader on the team. And um, John breaks it down a little bit more. It's almost a little, a little bit more tangible. So uh, I'm going to rattle off the, these five levels of, of leadership. And then I want that the question is, which of these levels do you see in companies or within business owners, your, your clients, your people that you've worked with before? that they struggle with the most or that you feel like some organizations are kind of stuck at, like they only have this level of leadership. So level one is you, you feel you have the right to lead. It's just by title. Like you got promoted to manager and then people have to listen to you. Right. So level one is, is title. Level two is relationships. So they follow you because they want to, and they like you. Um, it's not necessarily admiration, but they just like being around you. Like you're, you're just a positive person right at that point. Right. Level three is you get results. You're a top performer in your company. So people follow you because of what you've done for the organization. So they have to and they want to, but they also admire your skills and experience at this point. And then you have level four, which is reproduction. So people follow you because of what you've done for them. So you've taken level the skills that you have from level one to three, and you've applied it to developing other people. So they follow you because of what you've done for them, what you've given back. And then five is respect. They follow you because of who you are and what you represent. Now, in order to be a level five, you have to have, you know, the level one, maybe it's a little bit less so title, but you have to have at least two to four, right, to be a level five. So out of those those levels, where do you see people struggle to kind of evolve to the most? I think there's a struggle, Zach, at, at, at all those points that you mentioned. At every level, I think there's a struggle. So I'll, I'll kind of break it down for you. Level one. So again, the title. You can anybody can give you a title to lead doesn't make you a leader. So again, that's something I always say. You don't need a a title to lead, and having a title doesn't make you a leader. And what what I've seen in the past is you know you've got your and I've talked about this on my podcast as well. You've got your subject matter experts that are very good in, from a technology perspective, from knowledge and all that stuff. Um, they're your expertise and they get pushed into these leadership roles, but they know nothing about people or communication or those soft skills that you require, or even the most important thing is self-leadership first. So if you can't lead yourself first, how can you lead other people? Um, I'm a strong believer of that, right? So I think that's the first level. Uh, the second level is your, was your... What was your second level? The oh, that was, uh, was because uh, because they like you because they like you. Yeah. Level two is just they like you. Yeah. So you get you you do get some people that you know that are liked, um, and they're they're at the the leadership level, but they can't produce results. 
Mm-hmm. So again, just because you're liked, it doesn't mean you're going to be liked by everybody. And just because you're liked by everybody doesn't mean you're going to produce results because leadership is a very tough thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting crapped on from the top and the bottom. So and you, when you're at the, in the middle, you're kind of in that sandwich state. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to be able to navigate through that and you have to be able to appease both sides. You have to stick up for both sides. So there's a lot of, like I said, navigation that you got to do. You got to have tough skin. If you don't have tough skin, you won't last long. So that's your level two. It's it's great to be likable, but leaders are not going to be liked all the time. Not everyone's yeah. going to love every decision you make. So you have to be okay with that. Right? Yeah, that's it's the difference between. Uh, there was a really great point one of my mentors said. It's the difference between liking you and admiring you, and that's they right. don't necessarily yes. like they 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 might not like you as much like in the moment, right? Because like you said, you have to have tough skin. You're making decisions that other people might yeah. not agree with, or you know, it makes them uncomfortable. That's right. But they have to. But but they need to admire you, right? Right? Yes. Like that. that. That's what you want to strive for, at least. You want that's them right. to respect and admire you. So go go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. And and I think that respect is is huge. And I'll come up to that, um, because like you said, if they admire you, they'll go above and beyond for you. D- they're gonna be okay with some of the tough decisions you make that they might not be happy with or they might not agree with. Um, and again. It, when when you're a leader, it's very important to involve your team when making certain decisions too, so they feel that they're been a part of that. Number three was the results-driven, you know, individual or leader. So there's two ways to look at this. I've seen people that rule with the with the iron fist; they'll get you results. Doesn't make them a leader. So again, just because you're getting results, are you getting the optimal results? You know, again, if you've got, if you create that engaging team where they'll go above and beyond for you, they'll do way more. They'll produce way more. Your results will be much more than the guy that just, you know, he hits the KPIs in the scorecard um, because he's, he's just, you know, he's, he's in everybody's face. And uh, like I said, he's ruling, ruling with the, with the iron fist. And you got to understand that people, humans we we're always we always have a fear of something so the employees on the team are always they're scared of losing their job obviously because they've got mortgages to pay families to take care of etc etc so you're gonna do what you need to do to survive so they go into survival mode that's how they produce results and you know there's others who like to kiss ass and um, you got that side of the equation as well and yeah. then you got your level four, which was um, the repetitive mm. of of the of you can the, develop other people. Mm. That's right. Super important because as a leader, if you can't develop other leaders, then again, you're not a you're not a real leader, in my opinion. Because you always want to put yourself out of a job, and that helps you because once you want to climb that corporate ladder, who's going to fill your spot? And once you have that succession plan ready and you've developed somebody, the the instant that opportunity comes, when you talk to your bosses, they say, okay, do you have somebody that's going to, you know, take care of your business? Because operation, especially in a larger organization, it doesn't come to a stop. It doesn't stop for you. So it's got to be that smooth transition and you got to have that trust to say, okay, I've got somebody, they can hit the ground running. Okay, so Rob, we'll we'll move you up, and we'll, you know, put um, we'll put this person 
to your position where you were. So we'll, we'll promote them. Um, so that's not your level four. Number five is the respect. So I've seen CEOs that get no respect because they're there um, because of certain relationships within the board or <laughs> politically that they've been brought on. So I think respect is something you have to earn from uh, from from people, from your peers, from and if you've been in an organization and you've climbed that ladder within the organizations, if you're a true leader, you will get that respect at every level, right? And when you're at the top, that's when again you you create that culture. You create the culture for the four, three, two, ones, right? But if you allow you know shitty people to come in and um, sabotage your your teams and departments, who's going to respect you at the top? Because you they know that you at the top are making certain decisions. So that's that's my take on it. I think mastering leadership is a never ending um, journey, and it's something that you have to keep learning, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting the difference in in organizations what's perceived as a successful or high performing leader like you'll get in like i I actually have a client who he was he was very performance management so he was kind of in that three he was trying to graduate to four right where he was developing other people and they they respected him a little bit more but he was stuck just in that performance state like he was ex-military very just kpi driven right um not a lot of empathy initially right he's a great guy he did that. that's just what he knew and that's what he was he was rewarded for managing or leading as was just performance but then then all of a sudden his team he, he he didn't know what was going on with his team and they were apparently there was some building resentment and then when mm-hmm. they have that built resentment they're they're not and they're not open to communicating that to the leader they're not open to challenging the leader which as they should you know productively that's right. And then and then it would just it would fester and then all of a sudden there needs to be a a new software is introduced or you know there's a change in policy or you know you you move offices or whatever it is and then all of a sudden having to go through these changes that's that's when everything comes to like a boiling point that's when it comes to like it explodes and then they just you lose control and all of a sudden that, that performance is gone. It's just not just focusing on the performance and the outcome, the results, the numbers is very short-sighted. Absolutely. And then, yeah, and that's where I see probably like especially like middle management, that's where I really see like they get stuck at. Like it's just is that three to four. That's right. And, and one of the other major issues that I've seen, you know, within my times at least is you can't always blame the, you know, the level ones or even the twos because who's coaching them? Who's mentoring them? Is there a plan for their development, you know? kind of baked in uh, to to developing your people within the organization is okay you know one of the things I see is so if I come in as a new leader my boss is going to be so busy and overwhelmed with all the work on their plate and all the meetings that they're attending from nine to five when are they going to have time to give you feedback to even see what you're doing or even coach you to say hey this is what you need to do, try this out, or asking those right questions. That's how you develop leaders as well. L- listen, you're not born into this leadership. Uh, you know, you don't put this leadership suit on and say, okay, I- I'm ready to tackle the world. It doesn't work like that, right? So it's very important in my opinion. 
Yeah. And I, a lot of that, I mean, and some people will ask to listen to that, well, like, how do I do that? And I really think it starts with, and I, this is my, through my own introspection, even as, as well, is you have to, if you're a leader, especially, especially if you're in that C-suite business owner, founder position, like you need to learn to take responsibility for everything. And even if it's not yes. obvious, find a way to take responsibility for it. Because if you don't, you're admitting, A, you're admitting that you're powerless to the result. You're admitting that you don't have any control over the result. And then you just don't learn from it. So that that point that you made is extremely powerful where it's, if you have underperforming, they have a tendency to blame the twos and ones. Yeah. And then they blame it on them. And then they just like, okay, get rid of them, bring in, bring in more, but you don't learn. So it's just now you're just stuck in like this <laughs> negative flywheel, right? But if you take responsibility for it, like if they're failing, it's because, I didn't put a policy in place or I didn't coach them. Or I didn't put the time yes. into it. I didn't create the procedures. I didn't create the onboarding. Right. And then let's say you do all that. And then it's okay. Am I communicating in a way that gets the outcome to these people? Because even though I might understand what I'm saying, they might not. So I have to learn that's to right. communicate in a way that gets the outcome out of different individuals. And that's just, that's a tough skill to learn, but it's a skill that needs to be prioritized. And then if you do all that, right. And you get all that down and they're still underperforming then you shouldn't have hired them. Then it's your hiring yes. process. Like it's your, it's your selecting process. So taking it, and it's tough. It's tough to it do, is. especially if you're not like the founder or, you know, you're, you know, you, I guess you could fire yourself, but, <laughs> but when you're in that middle, middle, you know, director, manager, even VP level, like taking that responsibility is tough because you're, like you said, you got a family to feed, but that's right. That's short sighted because if you don't take responsibility, you won't learn. If you don't learn, you can't be the CEO one day. That's right. right. Well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think taking that accountability is super important. And it's some something a lot of people don't want to do is it's always finger pointing is who can we blame? And I always say one finger out, three fingers back at yourself. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if your team fails, it's because of you. It's not because of the team. You're the leader of the team. You're ultimately accountable for everything, every decision, every outcome, every you know, higher, everything is, you know, that's what you signed up for. When you're a leader, you sign up for this and you got to put up your hand. And if you, you know, if you F up, then own it and fix mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow. You learn, you fix, you move on. Absolutely. And then like, speaking of learning, I, there's a, another question that I, when you, so when, when you're, especially this is more pointed towards like the business owner. As as the, your business grows, the the type of leadership, the, the type of leadership skills that you need to possess and and utilize, or they they change, they change, yeah. often, maybe not often, but they change a lot. You know, through the course of a growing growing business, so you start out as, you know, you're you're a solo solopreneur. You're usually the top contributor doing everything, right? So mm -hmm. your communication between departments is pretty good because it's you, right? Yeah. And then you have to hire three or four people, right? And now it's you know their direct communication to you. So it's a little bit more streamlined, but you still now you're leading, you're leading other contributors. And then you get to a point where, you know, ideally, that doesn't always happen in, in a perfect world, though, those four people that you hired, they have to hire a team. So they become leaders. So now you're leading leaders. So now the communication between what's happening in your front lines to you is much more difficult. So what your advice to those, uh, those business owners, what would be your advice to them to a be proactive because a lot of times they'll have their head down in the day-to-day -day, you know they're, they're they're stuck in the whirlwind of a growing business yeah. and then they wake up and they're like crap i have 20 people on my team i have no idea how to lead them and I've, i don't even That's know right. what's happening over here anymore what would your advice be to them to a catch up 
when they have that realization and then b be proactive to not let that that happen again yeah that's a good question zach and and i think one of the issues with entrepreneurs is um they, they think just because you know you come up with a product you've got a product or a service again it doesn't make you a leader having a good product that you can sell millions of dollars you will never be successful by yourself without a team you're not going anywhere and you can look at all the biggest companies in the world it happens in a team environment so delegation becomes very hard for some of these people to let go of certain things because again the trust I don't trust this person knows as much as I do because I invented this, I came up with this. So that I, the ego takes over everything. And, you know, the the fear, the panic of, you know, I don't want to mess up my business giving something to this person where they can't do it. So once you don't have trust, you'll never be able to create those relationships with your team or develop other leaders. Mm -hmm. So one thing I, I, I say again for, for the entrepreneurs is, self-reflection you got to be able to sit in front of yourself and say okay i'm good at this i'm not good at this where do i get hire people that can do this for me because this is not me so you can be an owner of the company but you never want to lead people so you bring an operational manager and say look i want you to be the leader you hire because it's not my forte and you don't have to be good in everything and you're never going to be good in everything so either you you have to bring somebody in that has those leadership capabilities or when you do that self reflection you say i need to you know i need to get help to become a leader and that's where you go to the coaching mentor and say hey how can you help me become a better leader because this is the part i'm struggling with you know if it's finances that you're struggling with get a good cfo get a get somebody that knows finances if it's uh you know, the manufacturing side, whatever it is that is your weakest link, that's where you, you know, that's where you want to, you know, put the, the strong people in, they're going to help you. And, you know, I, again, I love to hire people that are smarter than me because I don't want to be the smartest guy. And if you actually look at my organization, I started, like, we started this organization based on two people that we've hired right away. And we're building around that core. So I'm not the subject matter expert, nor would I ever tell my clients that I am. I bring those guys and they sit in the meetings. They can answer those technical questions. My job is just to create that environment for them to thrive and grow and to build that team around them to thrive, grow, and create other leaders. So scaling part, that's what I love to do, but it starts with one, right? And I know what my, I know what my deficiencies, deficiencies are. And I go out and bring those deficiencies, you know, to bring those people to counter my deficiencies so we can have like a strength, a unity, you know, together. Yeah. No, and that, that's an amazing point is like really early on. Well, first of all, really clearly defining what type of company you want to run, what type yeah. of company you want to build, and then define your role within that. So that's, that's part of our frameworks that we do with, with, with our clients. Like we define your role. So what are you most passionate about? What do you want to be doing? What do you yes. have the skills to be doing? And what are your weaknesses? Right. So then and then you hire, you find out what you need to be doing and what you need to develop your own skills in. Right. right. And then like I I don't I don't have passion for this and I don't have the skills for it. Probably you should hire for that. Yes. Right. Exactly. So when you do exactly. so that's that's amazing. 
a great great point and i couldn't agree more with it so once you do have and this is this has been a struggle for for some um for a lot probably when you do bring in those a players those masters right because they get that's another thing too is they get stuck in hiring <laughs> jacks of all trades and then all of a sudden everybody knows everything everybody knows a little bit about everything and they don't know what their role is so hiring if you need a salesperson if you don't like sales and you're you struggle with sales hire somebody who's good at sales right? That's right but let's say you bring in those masters right it's you and you got your your leadership table there's five of them and you're, you're in the meetings together you're you're um you know you're solving problems how do you utilize what are some strategies or what is some advice you can give to utilize those eight players to the best of their ability because that's that's a struggle people bring in the eight players and then they just let them they almost let them sit so how would you what is your advice to getting the most out of your eight players so again my, my advice would be getting to know your people very important knowing their strengths and weaknesses or as i like to call it like opportunities and pushing them out of the comfort zone challenging them so if i know that this person has capability of doing something but again they've got that self-limiting belief or because remember we're all in our own little bubble where we can't see our own blind spots so I don't see my own blind spots, but I get somebody to give me feedback to say, hey, what do I need to make improvements on? Or how do you, like, what, do, what should I do more of? So when I see those, um, those opportunities for somebody that's got really high level skill or capabilities of doing something, but they don't know it themselves, I will, I will back them and I will personally coach them and I'll push them out of their comfort zone. I will challenge them and, and help them grow. And then they get those aha moments that, like, holy shit, like, I was capable of doing this the whole time, but I couldn't see it. And to me, that makes me feel good is because now, remember that people who join organizations, 95% of people don't want to be, they're not content with just staying at one level. They want that, that growth opportunity. So how are you developing that? How are you pushing, you know, pushing their boundaries and pushing them out of that comfort zone to grow, right? Because if you sit back and do nothing, they become stagnant and they say, well, there's no growth opportunity for me here. Now they keep applying everywhere else. And this is why you see ret retention has become a, a huge, huge risk and problem for, for organizations, right? That's another podcast right in itself. Yeah, right it <laughs> right? You got to dig deep and look for the root cause of that and find out what it mm. is. Yeah, I think the uh, Jack Welch, um, whatever you, whoever, have your opinion on Jack Welch all you want, but he, mm -hmm. one thing that he, that I agree with, that he preached a lot was, was candor. And there's, there's other, like Patrick Lanchoni is another thought leader, leadership, an organizational health um, thought leader mm -hmm. who preaches this a lot too, but it's, it's that you have to be able to, if you're in a room, if you have your eight players in a room and you're there to solve a problem or to push the company you know stretch the company to achieve some great things you have to be comfortable challenging each other like you Absolutely. have to have that that productive like you have to be able to call each other out you have to be able to challenge each other but it's that's again but it has to be productive obviously yep. right like and you you have to you're, you're up there as a leader orchestrating it <laughs> right that's right um guiding it but and that, that's tough. So what is your, your advice to developing that type of, I don't want to say culture, but that type of mentality, especially among your, your, leader, your leadership team, your main core leadership team, developing that 
that you know the ability for them to, to really challenge each other honestly and then be able to shake hands and be like thank you afterward yeah so a great great question and you know i can pull up my expectations where i'll go through my a set of expectations with my entire team at the beginning uh, either when I start with a company or I start with a new team, or even if it's the same team every year, you go through expectations multiple times. And one of the things you'll see there is I expect you guys to challenge me, but do it in a professional manner. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're leading by example, and if it's okay for them to do it with you, that means it's okay for them to do it with their colleagues. And I encourage that, but be professional about it, right? Mm -hmm. And it all comes down to creating that environment where, you know, you create that positive environment where it's kind of like a family type where people trust each other. Um, you know, we don't throw each other under the bus. So those are all in my core values that I've created. We work as a team. We win as a team. We lose as a team. My hand ultimately goes up at the end of the day. If, if you guys mess up, it's okay. I'll put my hand up. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. We never throw each other under the bus when it's when we have a meeting with like a, a client or we're sitting somewhere. We don't argue with each other in meetings. That's the culture you create at the beginning. So those are the expectations you set at the beginning when we're together so that when we when we are with other people, they see that, you know, your clients can see that we're tight knit. Like we support each other no matter what happens, folks, like we're in this together. And once you create that environment and once you give, and it, it comes back to trust, you know, building that trust mm -hmm. and building that, those relationships, not just with the hierarchy, but within, within the group. So again, one of the things I say is if you've got a conflict with one of your colleagues, don't come to me. You guys are grown ass adults, go to a room, go to a you know, coffee shop, go have lunch. I don't care. Go sit somewhere, iron it out. And if you really can't, you know, come to a conclusion or compromise, then you bring me as in like a, a mediator, yeah. right? And I'll be more than happy to do so. But I want you guys to do everything first. Like, this isn't kindergarten. Like, we're not in high school. Like, don't go to your teacher, you know, crying to your mommy, daddy. Like, solve it. You guys will need to do this in the real world. So the skills that you learn is applicable outside of the your your work environment as well it'll help you with your relationships with your family that's why i try to teach leadership because leadership is applicable to all parts of your life so that's that's you know something i i really enjoy doing no and that's that's great advice and you know i <clears throat> Our kind of one of our philosophies is the four P's that makes a, a successful, scalable company. It's the purpose it has to be purpose driven. You have to have yes. principles that you align with, and then you have to have the right people, and then you have to have process. So, product makes it scalable, right. right? But the it's the purpose and principles that you just hit on, right? Like if you're all aligned on a purpose, like you have a mission that you collectively want to solve, yes, and then you have the principles that you just and then those principles you know core values and, and that kind of yes. thing they're so important because then it's the expectations are set right away you challenge each other you support yeah. each other there's no and i love i was at uh, i was at a conference and if people that are listening that are regulars they, they probably heard this a lot but tom brady was speaking and he said i didn't like we won however many mm -hmm. super bowls not on skill we won it on values we want it on team. And he said, if somebody came on, if, if we won the game and we had somebody come in that was complaining that I didn't throw them the ball, I would shake their hand and be like, man, you're a great player, but I can't wait to play against you. 
So that is, it's so important to have that, and it's so foundational, yes. right? What would, what is a skill? Do you think, in your professional opinion, a skill that okay, I want to be a great leader. Like somebody who's listening to this, or they listen to you, and they're they're looking for help. They you know they just got promoted to a manager or whatever it is, and and they're, I really want to be a great impactful leader. Where should they start? With themselves. Start with yourself and Ooh, two th- elaborate. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say two <laughs> things. First of all, there's multi, there's a lot of things that you, you can do to become a good leader, but um, my personal philosophy is lead with love um, and kindness. So if you don't have that empathy, you'll never be able to understand people, right? Remember that we're all emotional beings. No matter how tough you think you are or how strong you think you are, we're emotional beings. You know, you get triggered by something. You have to be able to deal with people like human beings. And if you learn how to, if you learn that simple logic that on the other side is another human being just like you, just like, you know, your your child, your mother, your father, your brother, sister, and you deal with them with that respect, with the integrity, and with the kindness and love, you will get an abundance of output. Like, listen, people will go. If I can, if I tell you like what's you know some of my team has done for me, it's a humbling experience. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna like, you know, stay up until two, three in the morning to do work for you because they know they're fighting with you in that battle. They want to impress that, you know, we want to look good in front of that customer. We want to get that account. We want to get that, you know, large order. Rob, we're in this with you. Let's do it. Whatever it takes. And it's just giving. You have to give. It's not take. A lot of people just like to take. Well, I want you to do this, 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 this. Okay, so when it comes to them, what are you giving them? Right? And it's not always about money. Are you going and actually seeing how your team is doing? Are you walking out and greeting them like in the mornings, afternoons, whenever, just talking to them, shooting the shit outside of like without talking about work, seeing how they're doing, seeing how their family is doing, seeing how their kids doing. Look, I know your kid's sick. If you want to work from home today, you know, take a day off or work from home, being flexible. And it's just kindness because if you haven't been through that, you're going to go through that one day. And if somebody treats you shitty, you wouldn't like it. But there's a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to uh, managers. They hated being micromanaged. They didn't like not having flexibility, people not being kind to them. But they they do that with their own teams. Don't do that. Like that's like I said, if you lead with love, like I'm, I'm telling you, it will it will do wonders for you. And I've got like engagement scores to prove it that if you treat people like human beings they will go above and beyond for you so that i would say start with yourself do some soul searching to say hey are you a good person you know do you understand what that human humility looks like Mm -hmm. humility is huge right so all that tied in together the results trust me your team will come up with the results for you. They will hit mm-hmm. your KPIs and your scorecards and all that fun stuff. 
I think that goes into a lot of things and that's even like our framework. Like it start with you. Like that's the first, yes. the first pillar to start with you, yes. whether you want to be, you know, better grow your business. If you want to be a better leader, you want to be a better coach. If you want to be a better, you want to want to get into shape. Obviously that you have to start with, start with this. Yeah. Start with, start with, it. start with you. Start, start with how you look at yourself. Start with how you're developing yourself. And then I think doing uh, like personal SWOT analysis, like regular personal SWOT analysis is, is fairly, critical too like just understanding what are what are my strengths what what could i be good at what are my weaknesses what are some opportunities that i could create and then what are some things that you know if i have like a default what are some threats that you know maybe some doom loops that i have that i should look into but that's right that's the under uh, one of the underlying points in into to your amazing answer is we get those managers get into that role and then we immediately or they immediately get stuck with the vanity metrics like the mm-hmm. metrics that in, in business, sure, they matter. Absolutely. But if that's all you focus on, it's very short-sighted. Yes. So like, like you, you said, if you look at our engagement scores, like that's a great, great indicator for future success. That's so right. what, would your, what would be some advice for you for, and again, it could be a new business owner, a business owner who's you know, just scaled their, their team by a few members or somebody's new to management, to what would be like maybe a mindset that you would you would advise them to to try to partake in that would help them not get so stuck in the vanity metrics and look more long term and make more long term decisions in how they lead their team. Yeah, again, great point there and uh th- there's certain things like I said about humans you can't measure, right? And you have to be in that mindset as a company owner or executive, you know, if you're an entrepreneur especially that how are you going to take care of your people how are you going to look after your people what are you going to do again you want to take but what are you giving out to them what kind of culture are you going to create to attract the right people so one of the important things zach and um on, honestly this this goes a long way too and this is great for this is some advice for um, you know, new business owners or even existing business owners, if you create that good culture, your your best form of advertising is people. People talk to each other. So they say, wow, like I love, you know, where I work. I love my boss. You know, I get this. I'm not stressed out when I go to work. You know, um, one of the things I try to create here is I want you to wake up on Monday and don't say shit. I gotta work. Go to work. It's Monday. I want you to actually say, I'm excited to go to work on Monday. So once you create that, you also attract other people that are, you know, that are struggling in other organizations and they're stressed out and they've had enough and they said, look, I'll take a pay cut to be somewhere where it's a less impact on my my mental health. And that's another like a, that's another podcast by itself. But mental mm-hmm. health is so so huge and i'm a huge advocate of it it's not a ticky box for me and you got to lead by example mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you walk the talk mm-hmm. you lead by example that's the the mindset you got to have yeah and i think if you put all that together it and, and you have again you have that purpose that purpose driven organization that yes. mission driven organization and that's then you're right. leading by example you're taking care of your people you appreciate them you can go through some rough patches, right? You can go through, because there was an organization, I can't remember the name, I think it was Opsware. This is just after the kind of the dot-com. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a case study where they 
they need they were they were struggling to keep up with a competitor and he was the the ceo of the company i think it was opsware he was so scared uh, to ask his team like we got to do another eight months in the trenches right to develop our software to get it to a level where we can really compete in the market and he was he was dreading it but he is somebody who was very purpose-driven he led by example he appreciated and developed his team one of his his principles was every manager has a weekly one-on-one with his people to support them and develop them right and then when he came to you know break the news that hey it's gonna be another eight months this is what we're doing probably gonna be 12 hour days on the weekends and that kind of stuff and every he to his surprise he was everyone was like let's go we got something we got something you know like the little rally behind you when again they believe in you when they it's it's purpose driven this is why i'm staying this is going to be great for me right for my career this is going to be i'm going to be developing myself i'm going to be able to give back to a greater good i'm going to be supporting the people on my team my leader if i do this and they were excited to do it right right. so they they had eight eight months and actually ended up being only about six months and they they went to market with uh, their updates with their their new product and they crushed it i think opsware ended up selling to hp for like 1.7 1.7 billion dollars or something like that wow. not long after but it's again it's hard to measure to your point measure that in the immediacy yes right but it's more of like a great determination of a future fantastic outcome that's right but it's hard but it's it's, it's difficult to ignore you know the, van- the vanity like this is how many calls my team made today we'll make yeah. 100 more right this is how many po- whatever whatever your, your metric is right it's tough to ignore that um but rob like i think i think we i think we set the set the stage for another two or three podcasts so this, this, is, yeah, this has been absolutely. A, absolutely amazing um this is exactly exactly not exactly this is actually much exceeded my expectations um so awesome. rob i just really want to thank you for coming on but there's a couple questions uh that i asked one in particular that i ask everybody before uh we finish things up but for you rob what is the next summit that you are chasing Oh, great question. Um, honestly, for me, it's being able to impact people on a larger scale. So hopefully through this, uh, you know, starting with this social media platform, just being able to reach people globally and helping as many people. For me, it's developing tomorrow's leaders for a better future for our next generation, even today's generation for, for that matter. Um, you know, c- creating that community is that leadership community and helping people. That's, that's f- very fulfilling for me. That's amazing. And I am going to be a part of that. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to be a part of that. Mission yeah. of yours Cause that's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, we need, we need more leaders we do that's right and that's not not just in business in everything influence uh, social media um, everywhere everywhere we, we need more more leaders we need more people that are positive influences and and have a have a goal have they're passionate about a goal about an outcome about a future and their that's ability right. to rally people around it i believe in them and push them to get outside their comfort zone and to push other people or allow other people uh, to attain amazing things that never once thought that they were possible of doing. So it's just, when you focus on leaders, it's a, it's an exponential impact because you develop one leader, they're impacting who knows how many people. So that's an incredible, incredible mission, Rob. Um, 
Thank you. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, do you have any any anything else coming up? Um, plug plug away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for that, Zach. Uh, you can find me. You know, most of my handles are RK Leadership or RK underscore Leadership. I'm on. Uh, I've got videos on YouTube. Uh, I post a lot on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you know, not so much anymore on the TikToks. I've given up uh, Instagram uh, a little bit there. Twitter again, I'm there, but I, it's just having time to engage with uh, with the audience. And I do like I engage with every single person that would comment on my posts. I, I, that engagement is very important for me because they take the time to engage with me. So again, I want to make sure that I engage back with them. Uh, I've got a website, rk um, rkleadership.ca slash coaching if you want the, the coaching page. I've got some coaching packages and I offer 30 minute free consultation for whoever that wants to um, hit me up. And today is uh, actually one thing I did today is because it's um, Bell Mental Health Awareness in, in Canada, at least. Um, so I've actually offered a, a free 45 minute session for anybody that's struggling with mental health. Like I said, I'm a huge advocate. I've been through that myself, so I know what it feels like. You're not alone. And uh, listen, I can be just there f just to listen to, to your problem. I'm not there to give you advice, but uh, I'm there to listen as uh, I'm all ears. I've got good listening skills, as I've been told. So if you want to hit me up, again, go to the uh, – you can find me in various areas. So just send me a DM, and I'll be – more than happy to set up a free call with you so i can offer that to to everyone out there amazing amazing individual amazing person and that's thank no you, surprise sir. coming from a fellow canadian uh, but rob <laughs> thank you so much thank for you, coming man. on and i cannot wait for people to hear this one they're going to get a ton of value out of it so i really appreciate it awesome thank you so much zach i greatly appreciate you having me Thank you for watching this episode of the Summit Chasers podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed, you were inspired, you learned something that you can use to go and chase whatever your next summit may be. Be sure to like and comment your takeaways from the episode below. Also, follow us on all social media platforms under Summit Chasers Network. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to turn on your notifications so you can be notified when we drop new content like how-to videos, business best practices, motivation, and personal development strategies. And until next time, keep chasing your summit. I'll see you on the next one.